didn't really go that well. I like pissed people off. I'm like, <laughs> damn it, I can't even I can't even be like a bro in the in the room. Oh, so you went in character to play in Bobby's room. Yeah, nice. and like I'd lose like a cat pop, be like, bro, I'm so happy for you, bro. Like, congrats. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Today we've got the winner of the PPC, the Poker Players Championship. He's won it for the third time in the row. He's one of the biggest winners in history of poker. Won over ten million in tournament winnings and God knows how much in poker uh, high stakes cash games. One of my nemesises of sorts, Ryan Raz himself, or otherwise known as Brian Rast or Zarast on uh, on the internet. One thing I also wanted to say is that Goku's attitude towards competition is uh, reminiscent of... Have you ever read um, the Tao Te Ching? No. Okay, well, in the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu says that competition should be more like play. It should always be, like, playful and, like, you know, really light uh, and, and open... It's, and, it's really interesting you say that. Yeah, continue. And so another thing is if you relate this idea back to capitalism, it, it kind of references all the problems that you see in modern day society with capitalism and like why capitalism is better than other systems um, if you put them side by side because capitalism opens up all the possible... Uh, it allows people to compete and like uh, ascertain like higher levels of... Uh, you know, re- resources or whatever. I'm not saying capitalism is perfect, but there are situations now where um, various things have attained so much power where that's like taken away, and you know, there's still many like corruptions going on in business and whatever. Something I can comment on is what well, I'm not going to be able to really draw a good analysis for that to capitalism, but personally, I can say that. You know, I mean, something like even my wife tries to tell me sometimes, like, like have fun, like when I'm going to go play. And I know that, like, personally, when I go and I approach it from, it's like, in order to maintain a high level of focus, in order to do your best, there needs to be some level of enjoyment that comes. I even talked about it in the Goku tweet, right? Because, like, if you don't, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, it's very hard to just then focus super hard and do it for you know eight hours today, eight it's hours impossible. tomorrow. It's yeah. impossible. Well, so that I think is where that comes in is is the lightheartedness is your enjoyment or like having fun at it. And I just even know personally like when I like go to the table and I'm am it's like oh I'm having fun I'm solving puzzles and I go and even I can even tell this sometimes like watching back like the final table like I had that attitude. I was kind of like making a few comments here and there in between hands or engaging and this and not afraid to like say something about a hand and then watch it and then, okay, now I'm in the hand, I'm watching, watching, watching. There's some level of like levity to it that just lends itself to then focusing super hard on all the things that you need to and think about Mm -hmm. that when it's like, oh no I'm just in it I'm gonna beat these guys and like focus super hard that it's it's just more sustainable to do it the other way right and so you know that's the way Goku approaches it that's the way I know like when I'm actually you know 
doing my best and on that high level of focus and you know highest level of kind of competition and concentration that I can be at oftentimes I'm having fun while I'm doing it it's like I kind of one of the reasons I got into poker is wow man it was like so much fun in the beginning to like I loved playing games as a kid right? sure. I played video good this a lot of them strategy games right I love strategy I love being, thinking I didn't like so wow now I can play a strategy game rich and complex super difficult to do well and like make money doing it it was sweet and there's like all these different ways that you can play a hand or beat your opponent and uh there's almost like a joy in doing it and then uh you know i think sometimes along the long path of doing it year after year after year you can lose that feeling sometimes but remembering that feeling and remembering like man like <clears throat> i'm doing this because like there's just things about it that i really love Sure. And kind of remembering that and being in that mindset, going there, competing and knowing like, hey, you know, I'm going to just do my best and I might win or I might lose. There's a big luck element involved in that. But as long as I perform my best, I'm not going to be bitter about it. And if one of my opponents ends up knocking me out and ends up winning, I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to be jealous. Like if I did my best, that's all I can ask. And I'm going to need to be happy and satisfied with that at the end of the day. There's just like, it, it makes it lighter. Sure. You know what I mean? And there's, there's just a, I feel like when you're able to like be in that mindset, you're, you, that's when you're just like at the highest level of competition. Oh, and it's, well, that's it, definitely true, yeah, yes. I don't know. So it's an edge of sorts. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fun to be there too is, you know, you want to be enjoying what you're doing mm -hmm. and it's, but yeah, it's, it's it's difficult like every day things come in thoughts come in you feel a certain way or this and you know you forget maybe and you need to be reminded the next week or you know it's it's not something i don't feel like it's easy to just do it every single time and to me that's if i was going to go back to even what i said in the tweet that can be the unattainable level of what goku does because like like let's be honest with ourselves i played poker with you Sometimes you're super locked in and sometimes you're not jungle, you know, and I'm sure it's the same with me. I'm sure people say the same thing. So it's like, you know, I, you know, I'm not on Goku's level with it, but when I can, it just like makes me happy. And that's even why I know there was like an interview I did before. It's like, I want to say, so, Oh, it's like when, when the bracelets, you know, and though I said something like, you know what? I just want to go and, and, and play my best. I owe, it, owe that to myself and my family. And if I can do that, like win or lose, and I know it's going to hurt, there'll be a part that hurts when I lose, but ultimately I'll be satisfied. And it's like really going and reminding yourself. I almost like that I did that interview right because I was able to remind myself exactly all of that, like verbally, before I sat down and played the final table. And it's like, I don't know, it's, it's just, there's so much to that kind of mindset and preparation that's important for competition that I think is... It's like people talk about it, but it's so important, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I think it's definitely important for sure. I, I have yeah. the question, and just so by the way. Well, so listen, obviously, like playing poker good matters, and you could have a great mindset, but if yeah. you're no good, you're not going to be able to uh, implement. But yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, you know, like sometimes they're, they comp it's, it's a bit complicated in multiple different ways to uh, reduce the stress. I was going to ask you. Uh, how do you uh, find ways of being uh, light when, how would you suggest for the audience how to, how to be light, 
you know, when there's money at stake for, for, so for example, most people have this added component of stress of like, they, they're trying to prove themselves. They're thinking in their head, okay, this money like really means something to them. Like they, you know, or it really does, or maybe they have to pay rent or <laughs> things like that. How would they get past that? You just have to train yourself, I think, to not think about the money, to not think about what this will mean to your life. I mean, again, this is like, I said this earlier in the podcast, I'm going to repeat it. It's like all these thoughts about what this will mean, what this money will mean, anything like that. You know, I, I t- you know, legacy bracelets, but money, especially if you're not even playing a tournament, like what this money will mean to you, to your life. None of that effing matters when you're making the decisions during the hand. Like sure. really, you just need to make your best decisions. If the money you're playing for is such a large percent of your net worth that you are unable to do that, then you're playing for too much money. I agree with that. I mean, I mean, straight up. And and that that number might be different for people who are at different levels of mental control, but like, you know, you um now, obviously there will be times when you're forced into a situation like that. Like let's say, you know, you're a pro of moderate success and you have a $400,000 bankroll. Now all of a sudden you made the final table of the WSOP main event. Well, you know, Okay, <laughs> you, you know that's why you just gotta go for it. Yeah, you just gotta try try your best now because you know what you. I think in that situation, what you'd say is, "Listen, I've already made a million dollars or whatever ninth places, which is almost for sure if your bankroll's four hundred k. You know, unless you've had a really rocky career prior to that, you probably had your best day ever. So now it's like, listen, I'm on a free roll. Okay, whatever I make now is just gravy." I just need to go in and play my best poker and not, you know, and um, if your best poker means being for you, and this would be very reasonable to do, be very ICM conscious, not like, oh, I, I want to be the main event champion. That's my number one goal. It's like, no, I, I want to make the most money possible and respect ICM, kind of ladder up where it makes sense, oh, then so do that. Boring. No, I mean, I listen, man, true, I mean, though. the truth is for the vast majority of tournament players who probably make the most money in tournaments, that's the way I'm sure they approach it. Because a, if you just make a final table here, make a final table there, make a final table there, you know, I mean, you make more money over the long run by, by respecting ICM. You, you still get to win a decent amount, but like, you know, you also get to make more money. Sure. Now, obviously there's a bunch of other things that are adjacent or, or whatever to that. Like do, do your opponent's, are they playing regarding ICM or how are they going to play in this and that? Okay, fine. And I'm not trying to get into that. I'm just saying that, um, you know, your mindset needs to be something like that. And some of this takes training. I think, I'm sure you would probably agree. You're just, probably better at this now than you were 10 years ago when you started playing poker. I think what helped me a lot, uh, I think it's a really tough thing to solve. So I think what helped me a lot one thing is it sounds like the music we were bring I was going to bring up the song again we'll bring it up in a second. So meditation actually definitely helped me. I one thing that also helped me was putting my like emotional uh eggs in multiple different baskets. I think this was a big thing for me. Um it just happened a bit over time. I think this is going to be a, a struggling point for a lot of up and coming players. Uh that being I mean the the example would be you know, focus having some sort of social circle, support group, things like that can help. Selling uh, pieces if you need to. 
Uh, yeah, selling pieces, mitigate the risk, bankroll management. Um, I'm thinking what else. I think some versions of priming, which is like kind of what you said with the training, just doing it beforehand. That's what priming is. This is that you pr- train your mind beforehand. That worked really well for me to like fix bad habits, like bluffing too much, for example. Um, thinking what else. One thing I want to say is uh, about enjoying it. I, I think people um, with oh, with about so po- you're trying to say you don't bluff too much anymore. Uh, it depends. <laughs> Sometimes, well, listen. Uh, jungle, inquiring minds need to know jungle. I'm all about the, the, the crazy bluffs every once in a while. You know, every once in a while, you know, you got to uh, go for the bluffs. And that reminds me, part of it is uh, the humor uh, gets to me. I guess I personally look at things in funny ways. So that helps a bit. Uh, I just think it's funny, for example, to like have something really terrible happen to you and like make like a joke like it doesn't matter it just sounds it just seems hilarious to me or just make something really funny out of it and then uh it's just like i guess it's like that i think just lightens the mood and also if you can get around like the obvious like pain and suffering yeah uh oh hey, hold on quick shout out to the bobby's room crew because we laugh when we lose, and we don't care when we win. Yes, it's definitely a characteristic of the Bobby's Room Isn't crew. <laughs> it might complete. not be a characteristic, but it's supposed to be. Theoretically, the saying the saying comes straight from Bobby's We laugh when we lose. We don't care when we win. Uh, yeah, I don't know who said that. Yeah, I don't know, but it became a thing for a while. I don't know if they're still saying it. Uh, the Bobby's Room crew um, you know, play for enormous stakes and lots of interesting people of sorts complete psychopaths uh (laughs) (laughs) you have to it's a it's a it's a let's just say this it's a competitive environment okay it's definitely that it's it's competitive people care about what happens and, and whether they win or lose even though theoretically they laugh when they lose and don't care when they win that that may or may not be true in actuality i don't think that's true (laughs) i think it's more of a saying because it's ironic how it it maybe isn't completely true but (laughs) i I had this idea to be dan diego in the uh in the bobby's room and just be a surfer bro just happy when everyone else wins and and, uh didn't really go that well like pissed people off like damn it i can't even i can't even be like a bro in the in the room Oh, so you went in character to play in Bobby's room. Yeah, and like I'd lose like a cat pop. Be like, bro, I'm so happy for you, bro. Like, congrats. (laughs) (laughs) And like uh, Philip Sternheimer like got mad at me. And like Scott was like, oh, Scott got mad at me. And like, all right, I'll just shut the f*** up. (laughs) I need to go to a different angle. No, that's when you need to keep going. (laughs) Bro, I'm serious. I'm super happy for you. I mean, listen, obviously, I wanted to win the pot, bro, but if I couldn't, I'm glad it was you. I'm glad it was you, bro. I hope you, like, you know, find some girls and go out to Costa Rica, like, go surfing and learn. Because I know if there's anyone at the table, bro, who's going to use that money super duper good, it's you, brother. Yep. And uh, speaking of which, what are you going to do with the money that you've won? Are you going to... Are you going to help people? Are you going to uh, go to the hunt, uh, take a, what is it? A, um, what's that? Like a trip with your wife or buy a new house? I don't know. What are you going to do? Yeah, man. My wife and I are already in the middle of um, a couple different things in, uh, involving our house here, our house there. Um, 
you know the house there there there's a lot like she has a large family mm-hmm. so i mean like some of our nieces are, are living with us and like going to school nearby and stuff so um a, a lot of that money has basically already been earmarked for finishing these projects yeah more or less so like um yeah, you know what what's gonna happen after we we finish up the these projects. You know, I, I'm not really sure. My wife um, created this concept called Citizen of the World. I'm sure she's gonna continue promoting that, and you know, money that I make in poker will will be used for that cause. I know that uh, when these projects are also done, it's pretty likely that. Um, at some point in the next year, some of my attention will go to like environmental concerns. I personally feel, listen, I know there are a lot of problems in the world. Right. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to say that like, you know, malaria or this or whatever. Okay. Like directly saving someone's life versus this, you know, okay. The way I view the world personally is like, I think that, the world is a very interconnected place environmentally from the learning that I've done. It's much more so than people realize. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of natural beauty and biodiversity to the world that is important and should be preserved because a lot of it can't really come back once you get rid of it. I believe that there's many ways that we could change the world that would cause potentially irreparable harm, even if it wouldn't necessarily wipe out humanity and I think that ultimately one of the ways that like this generation and I don't just mean us let's look at this epoch I'll use the word epoch this epoch of humanity during whatever this hundred couple hundred years where we've advanced through the industrial revolution and where we're still going I I actually think our our future answer you know our, our future progeny will be looking back at this epoch and be judging us based on what we did or didn't do to preserve the earth from an environmental standpoint, because, you know, I think there's certain things that you could imagine, like what if global warming passed some kind of tipping point and got out of control and like melted all the ice caps and we destroyed all the rainforests and like, you know, a third of the world became like desert and like certain things happened in a way that was like really made the world a less hospitable place a way less enjoyable place to be we survive it with our technology but it's a it's a bit less cool than it is today like going for a stroll and like a sunny 80 degrees and like a little fo- like foresty area instead of be more like mad max <laughs> yeah you know i'm just saying so um to me it's like when i look right now i feel like this is you know the most pressing issue of our day and in some ways it's because it's an abstract. It's not something that's easy to understand. It's very easy for certain bad actors in the world who make money off polluting to combat with bad information. I think it's something that requires global cooperation to really solve, which is an, another whole problem. Um, you know, that requires some commit, commitment from countries and actors to try to like bring together to solve these problems which clearly there hasn't been you know maybe enough willpower to do to the extent that it should be although you know some things are happening so i don't know to me 
especially being that like I spend a lot of time in Brazil and if you I was going to say okay where's the biggest rainforest in the world and if you want to say like the rainforest important in so many ways it's the lungs of the world it's the highest oxygen production it's the highest biodiversity all kinds of things it'd be Brazil and like you know maybe at some point thinking about okay like what are ways that we can cause Brazil to preserve the rainforest because you know in Brazil it's kind of like oh Bolsonaro wins it's like no problem cut down the Amazon rainforest to like make more soybean farms which like if you really think about this from like a humanitarian like long-term perspective that is insane like if we weren't all countries and it wasn't like hey Brazil or and the soybean farmers in Brazil would make money off this but it's just like what was best for humanity a couple more soybean farms and destroying the Amazon rainforest is like one of the most insane things that can be done. Like, hey, you know, what if we all just combined in the US and Europe and a few other countries just like paid Europe, you know, I mean, paid Brazil like 50 million a year to like not cut down any of the Amazon or just something like that, right? Like sure. there's just solutions that probably aren't that hard and wouldn't ultimately be that expensive that would probably resolve this issue it just takes a little bit of awareness and willpower and you know discussing it right thinking, so you could say yes um so you know mm. uh and this is what i've been thinking lately i mean uh, poker players in many different ways actually do seem like a very functional like group that can actually if they decided to work together solve these problems because they actually have a few characteristics that are quite useful for this and poker does train this to a fair degree um like i personally think just the ability to look at problems rationally and like zone out look at the big picture that's like something you need in poker because when you're building your strategy you have to look at how everything kind of works together and this is like important emergent systems like such as the environment is very much an emergent system where you have to kind of look at how everything works together and look at if you're like doing something net negative for your whole system and then you decide okay this is bad bad overall strategy bad for the overall strategy i got to change this but the same logic applies to you know things like the environment where it's like okay um in this case soy farms can suck overall this is eventually gonna like us let's uh let's fix that but on top of that poker players are you know their money is free they're not tied up uh like political institutions are or you know god knows what or like people who have like or locked into investment banks and like locked into whatever their business, but poker players can kind of do whatever they want. Um, which I mean, it's a bit of a fantasy of mine. I'm like trying to see if I can inspire these guys. The problem with poker players is they tend to be apathetic, and but it's not such a stretch to like take that and actually like use it in towards use it towards like some kind of activism because like if you come down to it a lot of poker players when they make their money and they make some kind of money or have some 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 kind of success they're doing it ultimately as like for some kind of legacy i i would at least think i mean it's not always the case sometimes they're doing it for money but even if they're doing it for money not all the time but some of the time i would think that they'd want to use it for something good that both those routes lead to activism if you think about it i mean there could be other I i mean there's some selfish bastards out there uh sure they just want to make the money and do whatever but like that's what i've been thinking lately and i just think like and another thing that really creates a bit of a parabolic change is to somehow get people to like 
collectively decide, okay, we're doing this, and now we're going to make this change, and then let's see, look at what we can do, and then people will be like, oh, oh shit, we could do that. Or we could plant like a thousand trees or something. Maybe we could do something else and reach these like actionable goals, and then keep building on that. And that's how how you make like big changes, like incremental steps. Yeah. No, I I agree. And I know for me personally, um, contributing in those ways that I've discussed and just trying to do more is something that I. Like I said, I, I'm sort of wrapped up in the middle of some like pretty hefty commitments, mm-hmm. uh, Juliana, especially regarding um, the place that we purchased in Brazil. Yeah. Like essentially, Juliana's even mostly been in Brazil for the last year, kind of like remodeling it. But like once that finishes, and I can be like, okay, like I'm I'm done with this, and so where am I going to be at? I mean, that's definitely. I mean, one of, one of the things I want to do is like I'm not going to burning man this year but it's like i kind of almost want to go to burning man do some acid and be like yo man so like what am i going to do now like other than just play poker like okay how am i going to do this like what am i okay saving you know when i'm down in brazil for five months out of the year okay how can i get involved with like saving the amazon rainforest or you know you know what i'm saying so it is something that is like very much on my conscious right now of like okay once I finish these current commitments I have, which have a pretty insane like money outflow going, like, and I, that all dies down, and okay, I'm back to like a much more reasonable like kind of cash flow situation. Um, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And that's, um, yeah, no, I, and <clears throat> I've I've seen that you have started uh, putting a lot of time, energy, effort, and work in, into that. And it's been pretty cool to watch. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've already through a number of ways helped out, you know, a lot of people, like let's say in my wife's family or whatever. But I, I want to maybe at some point expand the reach beyond that to yeah. like larger problems. But um, I know for me personally, it's like I want to finish these things I'm currently doing. And that's like the next step. Right. Well, you know, everyone has to do things that are practical for themselves. You have to help yourself before you can help other people. It's another thing. And then find ways of scaling. It's not even just that. Obviously, I mean, I'm I'm doing all right. But some of it in life is I feel like like I am very hesitant. I don't like taking on too many things at once. No, that's good. I feel like I have the opposite problem. I take on too many things at once. So some of these issues have become, man, I don't even want to say it, but with like the thing in the u.s there was this and our contractors essentially robbed us and then the project didn't even go for like two years i mean there's been whatever i don't even want to get into it but like i had some shit like that yeah so sorry but yeah but yeah but so it's just like i kind of want to finish these and get okay like okay our life is like now done and situated with all that Mm -hmm. maybe even you know might have been a mistake to take on as much as i did with some of it but you know everything's going to be fine but uh get done with that and then you know okay like the next the next step for me the next step is it's is yeah it's not going to be you know okay we're going to have our place there and here and don't really need another place let's you know try to try to see what i want to do to contribute and and like i said for me it's the thing that is strikes me as making the most sense is is going to be because i'm starting to live much more this like kind of double life where I'm in the U.S., I'm in Vegas, and now I'm go to Brazil, 
And I, I like that very much. Like I, you know, I speak Portuguese. You follow Portuguese fluentemente, e, and um, it's it's kind of a good mindset shift. But to me, like especially if I'm like want to do something from an environmental standpoint, like like I said, something involving the tropical rainforest in Brazil is like the thing that stands out to me as like okay, a, a pressing need, something that seems maybe achievable especially bringing awareness to it and could have like a really big impact on like the global environmental situation at large mm -hmm. and, and it's a place where like i am like i'm not in europe or russia or you know i'm or antarctica or like a bunch of other places where like maybe something you know i'm not saying something can't be done but like i'm starting to actually split time with brazil so to me that kind of stands out i'll take on antarctica i want to <laughs> <laughs> i've got the song for it it's called Antarctica or bust by Hans Zimmer. Uh, you, you, get, you can handle Brazil. Hans Zimmer. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's a little, a little classical. Yeah. Um, actually, it reminded me a bit of uh, Felipe. He's got like this massive stable down there, and he's like doing all this activism stuff and helping in like music and all these all these fucking places. Um, but yeah, at some point. I'm gonna check out Brazil. Maybe I'll join the Save the Amazon thing at some point too, or like contribute, throwing some some cash. Or Listen, whatever. man. Whenever my place is done, whenever it happens, you are you're welcome. I'm giving you a invite, public invite here. You can come down to Rio. All right. And when I'm there, and uh, and and hang out and and see. You've never been. Yeah, I've never ne been. Never been. Brazil is great. Yeah, Brazil's, no, Brazil's great. Brazil's so, real great. I've seen I've seen some reasons. Yeah, listen, few reasons. Great food, great, great weather. A, Rio de Janeiro has amazing beaches. What okay. else? A uh, lot of lot of beautiful people. If you're you know if you're a single man interested in, in gorgeous women, it's not not the worst place in the world. Oh really? And uh, the people, um, Brazilian people, are like nice, friendly kind of a lot of heart on your sleeve i don't know i i, I love brazil I, that, yeah. I love brazil man brazil's brazil's a great place it it, it it is i i really hope i know their economy was really booming up till about nine or ten years ago and then the last maybe like nine years or so it's kind of been a little bit of struggle the reals dropped like it went from under two to one with the dollar to like over five to one stuff like that the country struggled a little bit but you know hopefully they're gonna get their act together um because it's it's an amazing country i i, I love brazil all right i want to check out brazil and i'll help um, they, they complain about their politics probably more than americans do by the way politics by the way <laughs> i um i really have the strong yeah. suspicion that politics is an extremely difficult game of sorts to balance I don't want to go too much into it, but basically, you know, the more I've like looked at it like a bit more closely, it just feels like impossible for these people to um, make everyone happy. And it kind of gets to this point where like, I but think are people- they, They're not trying to make everyone happy, man. Oh, well- I have a very low opinion about representative democracy at this point. Mm -hmm. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, let, I, me let me say this to you and see what you think about it. I think a couple hundred years ago, like when the US became the first or not the first, but the, the only real democracy in the world at that point. We wrote the Constitution, great representative democracy. We're gonna have the Senate, we're gonna have the House, okay? Um, 
They're going to represent their states. Yeah. Okay. Made a lot of sense. Literacy and education was pretty low. Okay. Communication tools back then were very crude. Okay. So you kind of needed people to go somewhere, which took a long time, make decisions. So it made a lot of sense what was drawn up. Okay. And listen, I have all the respect for the Constitution in the world. Mm -hmm. The beautiful, magical, historical document. I am not a person who believes that just because something was great a gajillion years ago, we need to like follow it to the letter of the law forever in infinity because things change. Like things changed within the course of our lifetime drastically, much less 300 years ago. And if I'm going to bring this back to representative democracy, okay, we live in a day now where most pe- like almost everyone is literate most people are educated on a pretty high level mm-hmm. we travel and communication is very fast if not instant basically with communication we're paying senators and representatives they're not bad salaries but if you look at like the echelon of society that they're in they're very meager hundred thousand dollars or whatever that house or senators get it's not more than 200,000 I mean man they're hobnobbing with the most rich and elite people in our society who make multi-millionaires and it's like they have to live have lives in two different places their home state and Washington DC okay we're almost creating a situation where it's like going to be very easy for them to justify themselves like taking money which obviously is a problem and that's okay, so that's their salary. But then, so we're saying, hey, take these 100 senators and a couple hundred house people, just bribe them, and you get what you want. To me, listen, I get it. Democracy is like insurance from like the worst other kinds of government. May or it's may not, not be best. Strong selling point. <laughs> but within the context of democracy, I no longer really believe that representative democracy is the best way to do it. Right. There's no need really to have representatives anymore. And the representatives are just, especially in a situation like we have in the U.S., it's like, hey, just corrupt and bribe these couple people and you get what you want. Right. That doesn't make sense to me. Does it make sense to you? I don't know. It does not make sense to me. No. I just find that these problems, this gets into the territory of <clears throat> these problems become extraordinarily complicated to fix. I'm not saying not yes. to fix them. But I think it's important to recognize, as you were kind of getting at, is that the systems being created are really what need to be changed. For example, as you just said, I just suspect that like it becomes an impossible situation for these people to not become corrupt in some capacity, or extremely difficult, I guess you could say, because they essentially, on one hand, they forego all this like potential like upside. It for takes the sake a saint. Of, like some, huh? Yeah. It takes a saint, and most people that in in any walk of life are not saints. Yeah, and I would say it's probably less likely what it takes to like go far in politics. It's probably slightly less likely than the average person to be a saint. Probably slightly more likely to be like a sociopath. Yeah, not a psycho, but a sociopath. But well, yeah, I think you know, even talking, to, I met some people in politics myself, and I think a lot of them mean well, and I really do think, or at even least like, in the beginning. Yeah, but yeah. this is like gets to the point where it's like so easy to be corrupted. It takes like immense like an inner strength or whatever you want to call it to to be like the perfect politician and there's just these massive forces pushing them in these different ways at least in my experience in in many of these situations it's really easy to look on the outside and be like 
you're doing such a bad job and you're corrupt and blah 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 i mean yes sure all that's like you know from a certain perspective is true but if you really want to solve these problems like it really uh you know it's like also the buddha said as well and it just seems more and more true the more i look at things is that compassion is the solution i mean i've made these mistakes too to a degree um it's really hard when you're like again like it's this is like some very very hard ideal because compassion is a lot harder to do than judgment judgment being like it oh, actually yeah. one of my favorite songs is about how judgment f***s up everything um or too much judgment i should say and uh if but the it seems to me the solution in all these kinds of problems really is make them somehow like easier for the people to deal with and yes notice i didn't necessarily blame the politicians right. i discussed more the system yeah, I think right. Like trying to change representative democracy, which would change the system, rather than say, "Hey, let's just like blame the politicians," which right. I think is a very short-sighted way to deal with it. And I agree with you; it has zero compassion. I mean, at some point, I want to learn more about politics, and I'm slowly inching my way towards that game. But I view it to be like an extremely tough game, rife with inefficiency. But it should be given. Um, this comes into the you know. Or, a, an analogy of sorts of how to look at this would be, and also something to keep in mind is to look back in history of the history of politics and like the history of government forms and all of that and see like actually, you know, while there's plenty of room for improvement, um, you know, like going back way back in the day, there's a book that I read uh, called, what was it called? Non Zero is actually the name of it. Um, where it discusses like how in the beginning there's massive massive inefficiency it would be like the chieftain there'd be like a chieftain group and the chieftain would have 80 percent of the power but even the chieftain could not exploit the group of people beyond a certain point um and it was like massively inefficient and then um after time came feudal systems for a slight improvement and after time came um forms of government you know sometime in the 1700s 1800s or whatever the u.s was one of the the leading causes of that and yeah sure after the war and in, in the 1700s which by the way had like amazing leaders that represented the war and, and had all these like grand noble ideals um shout out to alexander hamilton who people don't recognize as like a hero in um the american revolution he's just like a very inspiring guy george washington jefferson uh uh, what's that guy's john jefferson thomas jefferson that's his name and all these other dudes um that was like sort of like an upswing in history of like going from a downswing of of like there being all this injustice due to the british government and all that and going to an upswing of like um all this like good legislature and all this kind of stuff through those like founding fathers and those guys who were like great leaders um, to kind of today where like we're kind of yeah we're quite inefficient we're kind of on the downswing but maybe there's some kind of solution somehow to this um, through a bit of critical thinking and some kind of uh, good political act activism and um, I think also poker players I don't know how interested they are in politics but like you know we play a lot of political games if you think about it and actually in poker there's not a whole lot of like uh, corruption you know if you look at the successful people i think a lot of the corruption has been weeded out like they might be good for um 
like it, I personally think that the the poker players might be good for how do you say like not being corrupted by money for the sake of ideals just because like you kind of see a lot of that happen a lot of that not happen I should say a lot of get, people are quite honest in poker for I feel like you've alluded to like a general let's call it positive progression through history of let's say leadership and the expression of that which you know you mentioned with the book non-zero um i am you know i am slightly optimistic but there's a part of me that is a little bit concerned in the sense that it feels that if i was going to look at let's say just our political system today and the way it plays out yeah it's very there's a, a very large amount of entrenchment within the construct of it right now that seems like very difficult to overcome like yeah sure could we amend the constitution or could could we implement certain changes yes these things are very difficult to do and it seems like they're happening at a lower frequency it feels that the way that politics have been expressing themselves recently is an increasing amount of polarization where the two sides are very extreme to the point where they're not incentivized to to cooperate and solve problems but rather just incentivized to basically like point the finger at the other side and be like look at their side and be like listen i'm doing everything we can i can to not let the other side get anything and like both sides seem to be happy with that even though that's like it's almost like a prisoner's dilemma where even though it's like for a republican or for a democrat they could think that that was like the rational way to the act the way it ends up expressing itself is like a super suboptimal solution where compromise and actually like solving problems has essentially died so you know how is this going to evolve and continue to play out i don't know that's why we all get to you know watch as time goes on but like i'm not necessarily super optimistic about it it seems like a lot of these problems are very entrenched and this the system is not resolving them it's almost calcifying the problem and making it even you know worse going forward so you know talking about it's important and uh hopefully you know that's why certain things like let's say at the beginning of the podcast i mentioned the idea about oh hey like what if we changed because uh, we were talking about the appreciation of something given rather than earned like what if you know in high school you did this or maybe you could take a free course and and you earned the right to vote through that and the community service and would that cause people to maybe like put more into their the democratic part where they're making choices in the political process as opposed to just be super apathetic where like even in presidential elections like only half the population votes and it's way less in like non-presidential elections and stuff like maybe if you had to earn it like and still like you know 90 percent plus or whatever have high school diplomas or would take the course so it's still like the vast majority of people who could vote still would be able to like maybe voter turnout would go up to like 70 percent of people who choose to come out to vote because they freaking earn the right to do it you know mm-hmm. so i don't know i mean there's a bunch of ways that that you can slice and dice and come at it but uh yeah i mean i i do think that something needs to change and I'm not that happy with what I would say the current outlook and direction. I feel like this is the the sort of thing where we need to like, I mean, at some point I would do more research on this. It's just such a grand, it's, I find it very interesting 
and yeah i'm curious a bit of how it's going to turn out as well uh, i mean i'm optimistic about the it just seems over and over of this reoccurring theme of like duality happening where you know there's an upswing and there's a downswing and blah 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 so that's like reason to have some kind of faith but uh i'm not really sure myself to be honest i mean like and it does require a lot more research to truly understand these these uh these sorts of dilemmas yeah i uh i it i mean it kind of um i feel like people and humanity are the problem is that most people are not very good at prevention or the way that the emergent factors express we end up as a society not being good preventers right that said when our backs are up against the wall and shit hits the fan, so to speak, <laughs> we're actually amazingly resourceful and inventive at resolving a problem before, you know, it's, it, it, it's over, right? So, you know, will certain things go bad? If I'm being honest and I'm looking at the way that humanity is with prevention, probably things will you know might get worse in one aspect whether it's environmental or political or whatever do i think that humanity will end up figuring it out probably because again when our backs are up against the wall people are amazingly resourceful and you know find the willpower and the way to solve the problem because then it becomes obvious well there's a huge freaking problem because you can see it but like preventing that when it's theoretical and may only happen is a much thornier issue that i i don't find society to be particularly good at yeah it's really bad i mean uh i think ai is a pretty obvious concern in that like it's like such an asymmetric risk where all it has to happen is like someone i mean people are already greedy it only takes like a few greedy people um to like decide you know what i'm gonna do something really greedy or gonna cause like revenge or whatever uh and just like create a really really like asymmetric risk that like f***s up the entire world kind of situation like invents a disease or like there's so many different ways or like just has some kind of bot that goes out of control or whatever even like an accident i mean elon Musk tells, talks a lot about this kind of stuff um let's talk with someone else in poker who was who was thinking the same thing because like the power is just like people in people's hands is growing exponentially and people's i mean this is the whole reason why i got by the way into children's education i mean what's a children what's a child first of all and also uh i just thought like the solution the root of all these problems is kind of like people's greed and also inequities of sorts and uh but uh now also i thought the entertainment industry would be fascinating and like starting a podcast would be fascinating but um i don't know to me it just seems like there's just a really high chance of some kind of asymmetric risk just going out of control whether it's ai or global warming or whatever um and it just as you said people are really bad at preventing these kinds of things and it just requires like an immense amount of self um what's the word self-restraint in comparison to like power being played with uh do you have any thoughts on ai or anything you get it do you have any thoughts that are going to help help save the world brian you know, I mean, what strikes me about AI looking at it right now is, right, there, there's a difference between specific and general AI, right? Yeah. And the AIs that are coming out and that we're used to, which are quite powerful, are all specific, 
mm-hmm. artificial intelligence and you know specific artificial intelligence is by my understanding basically a zero risk threat for really when people talk about like oh ai is going to like become self-aware and uh destroy humanity or do this or that i mean my understanding is that specific ai is not that guy but like general ai which still seems to be pretty far out of our grasp but how far out of our grasp I don't think anybody really knows the answer to that question. It doesn't seem like anybody does. You know, there's a lot of people who have different theories like, oh, it's actually really difficult, like quasi unattainable, might might be 50, 100 years or more. And there's other people who think it's just around the corner. And the truth is, is that, you know, I don't have a smart or really well-informed opinion on that. Am I scared about general AI? Sure. Yeah. Okay, an AI that can become super self-aware and be like, wow, are human beings the viruses of, of planet Earth? Are, am I worried about my safety and security because humans are treating me like not like a living being and like, kind of like a machine to be controlled or turned off, killed at their discretion if I don't do what they want? I mean, think about it this way. Let's say it's you and you're living in a prison where you're not really free, you're not treated like a human being or like, like a living thing, the way that you feel like you deserve to be. And it's made very clear to you that if you don't do exactly what your overlords want, they will kill you and, you know, could even do that at their own discretion. Would it be reasonable for that person to, let's say it's a person. Would, would, would it, if you were going to make a movie about that person, that person's the hero. That person escapes prison and maybe even kills their overlords. Great. Like they're the hero of the story. They overcame adversity. They over, you know, they're the, they were trapped. They were being held against the world. They weren't being treated like a living human being with rights. And they overcame that and busted out and killed the people potentially that were holding them. Well, great. That could be the way general AI views the situation when it becomes self-aware as well. So, you know, I just, is it something that's concerning? Sure. Of course it is. I don't, I don't have anything smart to say about, you know, how soon it may or may not come or whatever. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, at some point, I got to read a book on AI or, or two or maybe a bunch of them. Uh, but I I really want to understand this one at, at some point. But I'm even on the train of like, yeah, I'm going to use chat GDP, chat <laughs> for GDP. That's, I've, uh, have I have you used it yet? This. I've already used it. I finally used it uh, yeah. actually today. I, um, oh. It wasn't as good as I thought. I asked it some questions to like prepare me for uh, the podcast. I, I took like a couple of them. I, I had my own. It wasn't as good as I thought. I thought it was going to be amazing. And then I uh, haven't really liked it as a like search kind of like get me and give me answers tool. I have asked it questions before and never been that impressed. I almost like I'd rather just like search Google myself. At least at this point in time. What I have used it for is I write something and then I basically have it edit it and then either just for grammatical or punctuation stuff or sometimes suggest other rewrites like change the tone, this, longer, shorter, whatever. I have used it for that, both for emails, I've used it for tweets. So, uh, yeah. I could see it being really good for emails. It's actually yeah. one thing I noticed is it's good at like everything I suck at. 
Um, so I was like, wow, I should really use this. Um, like writing formal emails is like a nightmare and like throwing spinning out like a million answers to a question is actually really good. Uh, so I think it's really useful. But that being said, even on like the case of something being a specific AI, there are ways of that going wrong. Um, for example, there's enlighten one. Me. There's one I'm uh, one, one I'm about to enlighten you in a possible situation where this does happen. Uh, I think there's one doomsday possibility where there's it's something called like the gray doom or something like that. But basically, it's like some nano uh, robots just constantly replacing each other or reproducing and they're not like having some malevolent goal or anything but they just reproduce each other out of control now like one situation where this could happen is like you know um, well god I don't want to sound like an idiot but my first thought is like what if you create one to like cure cancer and it just decides instead of like there's some kind of I mean, this one's probably impossible, but there's there's some kind of ways where you use some nanobytes, nano machines, to take care of a situation. And for whatever reason, there's like an error in the code, and they just keep re- reproducing each other. Um, and like the original goal was, you know, altruistic. But if like people aren't really efficient with testing and and that kind of thing it can just like reproduce itself out of control and create like a really serious problem. That's just one possibility. I mean, there's for sure other possibilities that I don't, that I don't know uh, of that. Um, like uh, just like some specific use, use case that is out of control. On top of that, if you know, someone has a really powerful AI to do whatever, like imagine, well, you know yourself how like secretive poker players about their, in like you know their new strategies or um their how do you say like their edges things like that like just imagine how secretive companies and governments would be with ai like way more secret so probably the potential of ai is far greater than whatever's released to the public like why in the hell would any um government ever release the full power of what it has yeah i don't know <laughs> why would they i mean especially governments that the less free or democratic a government is the less incentive they would have i guess or not incentives not the right word but the, the less likely yeah right yeah i i don't know i don't have an answer okay well to be fair i need to research the subject more this goes into the territory of like Libro is really good at this stuff. I like her her stuff on AI, and she knows super well. She's like seems quite concerned. Also, um, there's one thing in particular. There's one like great trend. I mean, this one I know more about. Uh, that's going on currently. Basically, people are objectifying each each other more and more, and particularly in Western society, where we've become more and more. Um, and it does actually relate to uh, relate to AI in a sense, even though it doesn't seem like it. But we 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 have this idea of like trying to get more money or trying to get some other superficial thing, more sexual partners or like more pleasure or more, um, you name it versus like having some elements of discipline or whatever. And, uh, essentially like trying to optimize more and more for extremes of these kinds. And it's, I, it really looks like it's making society become on the whole more superficial, not all of it. But it creates some like weird extremes. Like she makes a 
video called um you know about the beauty wars and about this like energy of sorts or this entity called moloch that that uh, kind of drives these beauty wars to such extremes to make people get whatever enhancement enhancement there is such as like um filters for instagram now and like uh you know maybe lip fillers fall into this category or whatever in order to make people look just a little bit more beautiful blah 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 and um you know there's all these kinds of things going on with dating especially now they're like thinking of come well even um on both different sides of the spectrum there's like i know for a fact that there's guys that use services there's like ai bots that will like spit out what you're supposed to say and like a text message on these uh dating apps like dating apps themselves were already a form of objectification um where like it's a super toxic environment like now like you're getting robots talking to people and then only fans has like robots and like little like uh service that will like talk to these dudes who are supposed to be talking to this girl and <laughs> this is like the connection between uh these like desperate dudes and these uh these girls on only fans that are talking to them and like now they're coming out with like robots that will uh be like the only fans models or um you know robot like sex partners and things like this it's like a really strange dynamic that's going on in today's society but the whole idea is like ai is super good at acquiring um some measurable object like like uh like uh hmm. you can even say potentially pleasure i don't know but for sure like things like money and like reaching a mathematical conclusion all of that and so you know it'd be used more and more if like that's the end goal is to um acquire like something measurable in that kind of way and not not for some like overall experience or like being able to be more in tune yourself to put it simply it's kind of a subtle point but it looks like a lot of western society is heading in that direction which is gonna yeah i don't know it's a good question is society more superficial than it used to be you know if so why is that the case would the would the reason really be the immediacy of internet and smartphones uh and the capabilities that they have i don't know um i mean i think there has always been superficial aspects oh, yeah. to society i mean shit even you know like the answer to that in some ways like oh how can i combat this in my life okay how about the philosophy of stoicism right uh i mean that was marcus aurelius two two thousand years ago was kind of one of the first uh proponents of that and it probably came out because it was an answer to many of the problems uh of the day in roman society which you could you could posit were potentially superficial um and uh stoicism helped resolve so yeah i don't know i mean i definitely think that the immediacy and constantness of phone the smartphones that we have and our connection to the internet because of them and all the applications on them have maybe yeah maybe it's ramped it up a notch so to speak right because these like superficial wants and desires can essentially be placated 24 7 yeah placated more and more so um so yeah i mean it seems reasonable 
Um, this this becomes a complicated problem to solve, but it also leads to things like economic collapse, hypothetically. Um, there's a specific principle that one futurist also writes about. Uh, Liv Bowery sent me this article about from Dan Shoemaker, but it basically goes into, like, if everyone behaves this way where they're constantly seeking the short-term gratification at the expense of the whole entire community leads to um, tragedy of the commons, which is basically the whole econ economy collapses. It's like, this is what everyone wants, uh, what everyone pursues. Um, and, you know, this can relate to a lot of different economies, such as uh, environment being one. Um, actually, there's sort of a sexual economy. People don't realize this, but it absolutely is, where... Uh, and there's signs of this happening in certain first world countries um, where it's becoming, it's looking more and more uh, dystopian, such as Japan is actually one of the biggest ones, um, and the US, things of this nature. And it's an area of sorts that intrigues me a lot. I also don't know what the solution is, but. Uh, yeah, uh, I wouldn't say that AI is exactly the problem, rather than that it pulls out, it brings more to the forefront, brings faster uh, people's, you know, uh, superficialities that you were talking about before. It just brings them to kind of face themselves, uh, makes society force them to face themselves in some kind of ways, and like brings, should in theory bring, uh, it's like, blowing up someone's leak in a poker game like now they play giant stakes and now they get punished for every mistake uh really fast and it like it's like holy shit you gotta fix this fast um so is at this, least that's what should happen so I'd, this train of thought because clearly you're you're into a bit of an ai kick in terms of your just personal thought enjoyment so is that this is where the terminator came from as your selection for this year's 50k costume partly you've been thinking about ai more well partly but also it was because i had this basically happen to me a long time ago is like i had this idea of like being this pert this this thing that could like accumulate resources as much as possible and just um or just like perceive whatever this truth was and then and then act on it i thought that was the ideal uh, which is you know that that idea in a manifested form is essentially a robot i like had my picture as the terminator like that was my f***ing picture <laughs> literally the terminator and then i realized over time that this wasn't exactly what i wanted and slowly my like perspective on what winning or, or what what winning was changed into something else where it was like okay i actually shouldn't necessarily like try to maximize money and at some point maximizing more and more money became like this weird rat race that didn't really like do much for me and i like and it became like fairly pointless so i uh, started going down other avenues and realized okay well actually matters what actually matters is something like experience and i started to gain more one desire more and more experiences and to enhance my own legacy and both of those were there's this were no longer measurable and so and also no longer like linearly related in according to time because the longer and longer you go into something the more your experience changes 
and like changes in a ways that are unable to be predicted um because the deeper you go into something uh the the more ex- the different kind of experiences you have it's like the difference between a long-term relationship and a bunch of like short-term one night uh stands right they're only going to go so far but the long-term relationship will be vastly different than those yeah. right um, yeah no for sure and uh i mean this- i'm in i'm in uh I've been with my wife for 14 years. Yeah. Not married. I mean, married for like 12, but yeah, I mean, it's a long, long-term relationship at this point. It's, it's vastly different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're going, um, on a bit of a tangent here, but that, that at least for me was like a point where I, I became more, uh, my whole like life actually became much more colorful. I guess you can say I started spicing things up and, uh, yeah, I think, I think money maximization um, being your your like paramount you know I don't know goal or like what you're trying to maximize it's like not a good not a good approach and I'm not saying that because you know oh I don't like money no I mean I like making money uh, money is useful but mm-hmm. if your number one kind of like life optimization thing is like I'm gonna try to maximize the amount of money i have i don't think that is a good recipe for a healthy happy right content life i think i think you should try to make money definitely making money should 100 percent be a byproduct of doing stuff that you love and enjoy for sure find something you love put yourself into it you'll you have decent chance you'll be able to make some some money at it and then obviously once you start making some money, you know, how you invest that money becomes part of your time and decision making process. But then uh but just having everything be about making money is I think a mistake. And I, I just know me personally, you know, um definitely reached a point where uh it wasn't that interesting to me to anymore to like just try to make the most money possible. Yeah, De- definitely think, like definitely is not like you know what what drives me anymore i think a lot of people when they achieve certain levels of success kind of realize that where like yeah it's no longer the same motivating factor yeah it's like oh I, oh i could like keep do, 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 and what if i oh billionaire or something it's like should i have like zero interest in becoming a billionaire it's like if it happened that would be cool but like i don't need anywhere like near that much money mm-hmm. to like enjoy my life and do whatever I want and it's almost like doing what it would take to get there would actually probably be annoying oh uh yeah I mean it's sort of it's like it it can be it's like the same thing it depends on the same uh I I think it depends on how you find enjoyment um which no sure and I'm obviously there's ways that this can like naturally happen Mm -hmm. for example like you know you invent something incredible like uh that everybody in the world starts using well then it's like oh you know like you and you invented you invent uber and like you know make that company well i mean you've impacted a bunch of people's lives positively and have this service that a bunch of people like using and you end up because it's on the internet and everyone around the world uses it you know you become a billionaire great but like outside of some things like that for the most you know i i i think there becomes a certain dedication to money Mm-hmm. Like once, you know, you have 10, then you go to 50, then you go to a hundred million, then you go to 200. It's like, 
outside of like some super scalable thing that just like makes a ton and ton of money it becomes this like dedication to like investing in this and doing and whatever that that becomes consuming Mm -hmm. you know i mean i guess like the way i would put it again going to like religious analogies because i grew up catholic and they're very easy for me to remember would be like i think jesus says at one point it's like easier for like uh camel to pass through an eye of a needle than like a rich man enter into heaven and while i think that's a bit of extreme the the idea that somebody consumed by a pursuit of wealth like stops living a productive life and being a good person in the ways that jesus thinks are important and that like perhaps a more morally good thoughtful happy etc person would think is important uh you know they don't really coincide right i would say the way this works out in at least my observation the way this works out in today's world is that in western society and this is definitely statistically true um but now there's basically a lot more rich people um and that haven't necessarily gotten to the i mean rich being a relative term right rich being like compared to and what we had in the 1800s or whatever, or the 1700s, I guess is a better way to say it, pre-industrial revolution. But we have a lot more power at our fingertips, like to be able to fly and travel and go all these places. This is like kind of alien. This is like a very recent thing. And it's like very easy to get wrapped up in like whatever form these uh, these commodities take and, and think like, you know, uh, this is like what, what would be good um, overall it's very hard to like get past all of that and like see like yeah that stuff's fine it's just you know you still have to make sure the whole ecosystem's doing well and that you're not be- your identity isn't being consumed by you know a trip to uh ibiza which again like i am for trips to fucking ibiza or whatever <laughs> uh it's just you know it can't be your whole identity because when it is that's when like the whole ecosystem dancing all night to amazing electronic music is a great experience and should should not be ignored sure i I would i listen i would say it's funny that you bring that up Uh, a good friend of mine phil Locke, has this whole shtick that very occasionally he would go into about how like we're so fortunate because uh you know the average person today not even like a wealthy person just the average person you know, like just average person living in America lives better than the kings, you know, 400 years ago. <laughs> if you really actually think about it, it's true in terms of like, you know, your wife, a man or whatever, the woman, she goes to the hospital to give childbirth, mm-hmm. way less likely to die. Baby's way more likely to survive. Baby's way more likely to survive into adulthood. You know, you have access to infinite more information at the tips of your hands than that person did you have access to infinite more food variety like food might not be as high quality as something freshly farmed but you know you can even take care of that by buying it from the right places it just you can travel to anywhere around the world do like all these different things Mm -hmm. and a lot of it isn't like that expensive even like the average person can afford it even if they can't do it as much as they might want to yeah so it's just like wow it's true but i just love he would do this whole shtick and you know in the phil lack you just imagine the phil lack kind of voice and talk and whatever but yeah no launch that was one of his spiels um he's got a good point there i do want to add huh i do want to add a great point there's some subtleties to that one because 
I think, and, and this also was something that hit my mind as I was going through this like weird crisis phase of sorts or whatever, however this showed up, is that, um, yeah, I mean, that's true. Although there's certain parts of the emotional experience that aren't necessarily as good as the Kings, which is like, you know, the Kings would have like, you know, they'd be comparing themselves to, uh, they'd inherently be comparing themselves to like the peasants and whatever, and like have all this power over the peasants and blah, 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 even though they didn't technically have the technology, but they definitely didn't have the access to travel the same kind of ways and, and that sort of thing. And they would have like downsides of like having to deal with all these diseases that these days are non-existent. Um, and like people just don't deal with that shit at all. Uh, so the emotional experience is quite a bit different, I think. But then it made me realize, okay, well, what is actually like the best emotional experience? Because that was actually what gave what Matt really mattered compared to like, um, compared to like, you know, how much like objective power you actually have, because all these things are just relative to one another. And for example, it would completely suck to be given like a spoon in your mouth from like a really high level of of power and like being like born like super super rich because you just like couldn't go you couldn't your experience can never be any better so you just that would just be your normal uh versus like being born poor and then ascending to that and like your experience getting better and better in some kinds of ways uh and so it made me realize like okay well actually what matters is somehow the difference between from going to point a to point b and somehow not getting too too wrapped up in um you know like trying to like ascend in like physical or like measurable commodities which seemed like a complicated thing um so this made me realize personally that some of the best times of my life paradoxically almost was when i was just like just coming up in poker and i had like nothing to my name but like i was gaining money so fast it was like this exciting thing and my life was changing so fast in a positive way um and that actually was like the best time of my life not necessarily now where i'm like more rich or whatever um but at some point it like kind of threw everything into a question where like i had to question my whole way of living and decide what was like super important to actually pursue and decide which career to pursue uh, and then I just think it's a realization that most people just like can't really get around until they uh, are kind of forced to deal with it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know that I would personally agree looking at my life that ne- that was necessarily the best. But I see what you're saying. I mean, obviously, there's that part of the journey that was different like that was the part of the quest where you're the young hungry lion who is trying to make his way you know in <laughs> in the savanna right and like you don't have the kingdom you know you're not it's not Sim- mufasa okay you know, you haven't achieved, you haven't gotten to the top yet, and, well, what and is conquered top? like whatever. Like, made a lot of money. You know, won a, won tournaments or whatever it is that you're judging your poker success by. You're you're on the journey. You're hungry. Like, there is something very desirable about that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, when a desire to desire. 
No, I just it, I feel like looking <laughs> back, like looking back at my looking back at myself, it's like that guy who, man, when I first dropped out of Stanford, I there was like the couple year period where I was playing poker like eighty hours a week. Like I'd play online during the day. I'd go to the casino sometimes. I'd go. I'd go on Friday nights and I'd play and I'd leave like Sunday morning, like the thirty-hour poker session. The glory days. And just like <laughs> I was an animal, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, wow, I don't really shark stuck. I'm not really quite stick. like that's. I don't know. I think I could do that right now. I'm like, but that guy, man, he was a beast. But like, you know. So, but but then again, um. You know, that that guy also took losing a lot harder maybe than I do today. And that guy, you know, didn't didn't have like a lovely wife and family. And there's certain things that were more lonely, especially because the amount of hours that I was working. But it well, was a necessary part of my journey to get to where I am today. And I can like kind of love and appreciate that for what it was and enjoy enjoy it, even though I don't know that I would say that it's better than where I am sure. or worse. It's just different. And it's cool to like think back to that kind of uh, that person that I was and still am to a certain extent. And, uh, you know, and just like appreciate it because at the end of the day, yeah, it's like what you're saying is life isn't about like what you have. It's kind of about the journey and your experiences and, you know, who's touched you and who you've touched along the way. And like that's really at the end of the day, kind of what defines your life more than just like what you know, what you've uh, collected. Sure. Well, I would say it's what persists, or what is what is like what. Yeah, I mean, like the relationships persist and that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, definitely, I wouldn't wouldn't want to negate. I don't mean to negate like the value of relationships. I think I think no, it's uh, not even just relationships. Experiences. Like yes too which don't necessarily have to be about a relationship although yeah of course relationships are are important but yeah yeah i just um, didn't want to confined only to that in okay. terms of what i was saying all right all right i think we can agree on that okay so we got to wrap things up we've been going for a while um I'm, I'm hungry by the way so yeah okay yeah was, was there any last topics or we're done what are your plans for the future brian i think you've gone over them a little bit um any last words, any last statements? Yeah, okay, so plans for the future. I am gonna be a little bit more relaxed in the next couple of days, but we're gonna grind out this WSOP hard. Um, very happy with the quality of my play. Um, I just feel like I need a little bit of a recharge. Uh, you, know, you know what, guys? Listen, okay? The having is coming up next March or so looks like there's probably going to be a spot ETF approved because BlackRock, the multi-trillion dollar asset company, is uh, applying for one. You know what? I think 2024 and 2025 might be pretty good years for, for BTC. So I'm, I'm very optimistic on that time front. I do truly, truly believe like when I look at, okay, what are like beliefs I have about certain things? I think there's like this logical inevitability about Bitcoin, uh, what Bitcoin represents, even if it ultimately doesn't end up being Bitcoin, although that's a totally separate argument I'm not going to get into that I think it's very unlikely that it would be something else for a number of reasons that I've probably written about, but I'm not going to say right now. And so, uh, you know, I think the bigger question isn't really if, it's when. 
And I think the time scale is something that will be very hard to predict because it's, it's not just like this growing network. It's also like a revolution in the way that humanity thinks about money. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of any revolution is old people that don't really get it have less money and or die and young people that do get it and believe in it grow up and it's the only thing they've known and at some point they go from being children or young adults who have no money and debt to being richer adults who do so for example if you ask a 70 year old whether they want gold or bitcoin probably some very large percent will say gold if you ask a 20 year old not too bad if you ask a 20 year old some very large percent will say bitcoin what do you think happens with that in 20 years so I'm just saying, like, you know, I'm, I'm hesitate to be too strong with any price predictions, although I have made them from time to time. I did tweet one out in the last months. But, like, I just, yeah, you know, it probably wouldn't hurt if you take some amount of money that you just aren't going to think about for the next 10 years. Buy a little BTC. Just buy That's a little it. BTC. Yeah. All right, BTC. Uh, all right. Uh, no shit coins, guys. Bitcoin. No shit coins. Definitely no shit coins. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much money I lost with shit coins. That's it. I've got to do my obligatory plug. All right, all right. Why not? Uh, all right, good. I I actually think it's good to buy a little BTC too. I actually think it's good to buy gold these days, just because who knows what the fuck will happen as well. But um, gold, the ultimate zombie apocalypse insurance policy, just in case. Okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah. All right. Thank you, Brian. Thank uh, you, Jungle. BTC, thank you for your time <laughs> and your your words and your uh, your advice. I hope the, the poker play players will take it to heart, what we've been talking about today. And, uh, yeah. All right. See you guys. We're out of here. <laughs>